Immigration? Revenue. Mrs. Rose, there are people here from the government. Ah! I've been gutted. John, I've been stripped of every morsel of pleasure I earned in this life. Well, how do you think I feel, Moira? Eli was family, for God's oh. sake. Leave your finances to me, said oh. son of a bitch. Baby, it's crazy. People are just like taking our stuff. I said they're taking our stuff. Can you just step out of the club for a second, please? Hold on, hold on. Those bags are not for you. My boyfriend bought those for me, so theoretically, they are his. Please, sir, can you step aside? No, you step aside. You step aside. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what kind of a sick person wants to get paid to destroy another person's life. Destroy another person's life! Where are you taking that? My very soul has been kidnapped. There's no ransom. No one's coming to save me. We've got 15 minutes to collect our personals. Can we pick up the pace? No. No, did you put Christy with Robin? They don't like each other. No! No! Welcome to Beyond Succession with me, Nico Bunda. Beyond Succession is the podcast where we look at various concepts of succession and estate planning. We also discuss success, what it means to us individually, as well as draw from our various guests on what they've done in order to achieve success. Let's dive into today's episode. Good day and welcome to the very first episode of the year 2024 um, Beyond Succession podcast. It's been a long time coming uh, since the last episode, but super grateful to be back. Again, thank you so much for the support. Don't forget to share, like, and follow the podcast um, as we continue to drop more gems. In this episode, we are going to be discussing two very important concepts that um, are often uh, overlooked or not given enough attention when it comes to, you know, estate planning. And, you know, they're somewhat related, but, you know, they can they can exist separately and somewhat at the same time. And, you know, I thought it would be ideal to start with this before we start getting into all the different topics and all the fun stuff. But, you know, and, and, and the two things I want to discuss um, in this episode are, you know, solvency and liquidity from an estate planning perspective. I know we've probably heard about them in business, you know, where business goes insolvent, etc. Um, but, and, you know, when it comes to estate planning, you know, solvency and liquidity are very, very important. And they, they you know, they they play a very, very crucial role in how your estate is dealt with and they and where they aren't where there isn't solvency or there isn't sufficient liquidity, this can actually have quite a huge impact on your estate. So I think let's start with solvency, right? Now essentially you are solvent if your assets exceed your liabilities. That is essentially, in simple terms, what you have is more than what you need to pay. If what you need to pay is more than what you have, then you are insolvent. Then you have a solvency problem, right? Now, this is crucial because it's often overlooked and people don't put mechanisms in place to ensure you 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 want to be as you want to be solvent. You don't want to be insolvent. You want to make sure that your assets exceed your liability. Because if your liabilities exceed your assets, you have 
in essence, nothing to give away to your beneficiaries. If anything happened to you, they wouldn't be nothing for them to inherit. Right? So if you, if you had a house still bonded that you wanted to leave your family and you know, your debt exceeded the value of that property. Let's say that's your one and only real significant asset um, in your estate and your liabilities, you know, between the bond and any other liabilities that you have exceed um, that property. And that means that property would have to be sold. It would have to be sold in order to pay back, to pay the debt first. And because you're insolvent, the likelihood is there will be no change left for any of your beneficiaries. You are basically leaving them in a vulnerable, vulnerable position because your liabilities exceed your assets. Right? The first thing that happens when someone passes away or is 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 not well, you know, when I say first thing is you have to actually before you can give uh, what what's due to the heirs, you have to pay off any debts that are outstanding and any liabilities, right? So you want when you when you are considering your your assets and your liabilities, it's important to look at your balance sheet, you know, and maybe if it, you maybe get that pie chart going, etc. If, if that helps you to show what the ratio of debt to assets is or assets to debt, you know, is it 50-50? You know, for every rand you have, you owe a rand. You know, or for every two rand you have, you only owe a rand. So you know your family is at least going to benefit where anything had to happen to you. Right? So now, you're probably saying, well, Nico, I, I mean, and before we get to, to my next point is, you know, when we, when we look at solvency, Right, and when you look at solvencies, when you look at your assets and your liabilities now, from an estate planning perspective, you shouldn't just look at your debts now and your liabilities now, right? You should be saying, well, if I die, there are possible liabilities that um, start that arise at death, right? And you know, we we have a we have an episode um, on this podcast where we speak about the cost of death and the cost of dying. And all the the different uh, you know the different liabilities that arise from debt, you've got to account for those as well when you do your your solvency planning. When you actually look at whether you're a solvent, uh, you, your assets exceed your liabilities, and in order to actually provide a solution that goes beyond you know uh, what you can see, and also takes into account what happens in the event that you pass away, right? So if if you had to die and you own property, there would be transfers, there would be transfer fees, there would be rates, clearance fees. If it was bonded, that bond would have to be paid and settled. You know, so that those are the kind of things that you need to to you know consider. When you die, it's a trigger, it's a tax event. You know, death is a tax event, it's a deemed disposal of your assets. So that means there is a cap, there's a possibility that there will be capital gains tax. And when you're doing the planning, when you're doing your estate planning, all these things need to be considered because they affect your solvency when it's when when your estate is being wound up. So you might say, well, Nico, I own a property right now. It's worth a million rand. My debt is only uh, 900,000 rand. Well, in that million, so now let's, let's say your, your estate is valued at a million rand. 
there is an executive fee. Three, if they if they charge you three point five percent, that's thirty five thousand. To transfer that estate of that property to your heirs would require transfer costs. There'll be clearance figures for rates and taxes and the likes, right? That could amount to over that hundred thousand that you're 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 suggesting exists, and that means there might be a shortfall in your estate. Your liabilities exceeding your assets, and if your beneficiaries don't have the means to to provide for that shortfall, then what will happen is that asset will have to be disposed of. And your creditors will have to be settled first and your debts and liabilities settled first before any distribution can happen right now before we you know speak about possible solutions we're now going to just touch on on, on the concept of liquidity liquidity is different from solvency liquidity looks at how much cash do you have readily available to settle any debts and liabilities right so even if you're solvent and your assets exceed your liabilities are you liquid right and if you're not liquid we need to we need to have liquidity mechanisms we need to be able to provide the cash right and this is very important because a lot of people don't consider how much cash is actually required and make certain bequests to certain people and have this idea that my children are going to inherit my property portfolio and and and, and take care of these properties etc but again i go back to what i discussed in the solvency part of this uh, of this episode you need a certain amount of cash for certain liabilities and debts and if that cash is not available certain assets have to be sold to create the cash so if you've got five properties and they are there 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 is debt on some of those properties now we're going to assume you're solvent you have your assets exceed your liabilities but we need to you want to leave this five property portfolio to your to your favorite daughter your favorite niece and you essentially start to say well have you considered how much cash is required for transferring all those properties to your beneficiary the rates clearances that will be needed for those properties for the for a few of the properties that are bonded settling those bonds do you have enough cash in your estate so if we look at your your readily available cash that is cash in your bank account maybe some unit trust that you, you a unit trust portfolio that you might have a savings account a money market fund that kind of stuff readily available cash if we took that would it give us enough cash to settle those debts and liabilities to ensure that all five of those properties go to your, to your beneficiary? If the answer is no, you don't have enough liquidity. And that means we, we, you know, if you died in that situation, we'd have to dispose of one or two of those properties to create the additional extra cash required, right? Because all your value or all you, the value of your asset are or, or your, it's, it's trapped in the um, in, in the properties that the in your fixed assets, and there's not enough cash. So when we're looking at liquidity, we're looking at is there readily available cash to settle any debts, any liabilities, and then make bequests, right? If there isn't enough cash, you are illiquid, and therefore some of the assets will have to be disposed of, which means some of your your 
your wishes may not be dealt with according to how you want it. So if you wanted someone to inherit a property but there's not enough cash, that property has to be sold. If you wanted your family to inherit the primary residence or your home and there was not enough cash to settle the bond and any other liabilities, that property would have to be sold and then the rest, the residue or the change would be given over onto them to then hopefully find a home or etc. So it, these are very two important concepts because they they determine what benefit, if any, your beneficiaries will get. If they will get the benefit that you have desired for them to get in the way that you have desired for them to get, right? And it's very important that you consider these things because you want to protect your beneficiaries. You want to you want to make sure that if you left them something that they actually inherited, right? Especially where you know, and and this is very very big, you know, especially where family homes are concerned, where you have children, a spouse that live in that family home, and the last thing you want or we want is for that home to be sold or liquidated in order to pay off debts and then you know whatever change is left over given to the family to say well now you have to go and well this is all we have for you you know go and find yourself a home um if there's even enough cash for that so it's very important that you consider these things but you consider them in what debts and liabilities do i have now and in the event of my death or my passing, what triggers would happen? And it's simple, you know, we'd look at what your assets are, we'd be able to, do, you know, estimate possible CGT, possible estate duty, you know, possible exec fees and any other estate transfer costs, estate related liabilities. And we'd be able to say, well, your death expenses will are roughly X amount, right? And your current debts and liabilities are X amount. And then you have an idea, well, you, you're saying, well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm insolvent. I need an extra 200,000 Rand in order to at least be solvent, to break even, right? So for every Rand I have to eat, to be able to pay for every Rand I need to pay for, or to say, well, I have the assets, right? But my liabilities exceed the amount of cash I have readily available, right? So what do I do? You know, how do I provide for this cash? And I think in, 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 in having this discussion as well, I just want to touch briefly on a common mistake that I think people make when it comes to considering their retirement policies as, as liquidity, you know, liquidity tools, uh, you know, solvency tools. Your, 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 your retirement fund or your pension fund is not an estate asset, right? And there's this beautiful clause, well, beautiful for some people, called Section 37C. So even if you nominate beneficiaries, right, that's great. And you should nominate beneficiaries for your for your retirement funds. Essentially, 37C places it on the on the pension fund administrator. So the burdens on the pension fund administrator to make an informed decision, looking at any legal dependency or factual dependency that might exist and then making a distribution in terms of how they deem fit after that investigation. So if you've got two children and a side chick that you looked after and a wife, <laughs> you, you, the reality is, and you, you nominate your two children um, and as your, as, your, as your beneficiaries for 50-50 or Let's say you're, you're your wife and your two children as your beneficiaries, each inheriting 33.33%, you know, 
in your in your beneficiary nominated forms or for your pension uh, for your retirement fund. Thirty seven C means that the the pension fund administrators can actually say, well, you know, you have this side chick um, and or this side guy that you are looking after. You know, she's she's she showed us bank statements. You've created a factual dependency. You paid the rent. You 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 know you you provided a spending allowance. You bought groceries, and then say, well, so we're not going to split it thirty three point three three percent amongst three people. We might split it twenty five percent amongst four people, or whatever they determine, right? You might even say, well, I'm leaving my pension fund to my estate, and that will cover the liquidity and solvency. And then the pension fund administrator says, well, hold, hold up when you die. We actually, we, you know, you have two children that you need to provide for. We give, we're splitting your pension fund uh, 50-50 amongst your two children. It's not going into your estate. It's not going to provide you with that liquidity that you need in your estate. So I always say this is something to consider because, I mean, a lot of people say, well, I have a pension fund that's worth X amount. So, you know, if there's any shortfall, anything, then they could just cover it from there. But that's not how it works because you're not even guaranteed your spouse will get. um, And that's why honest discussions and, you know, being honest with your advisor is very important. Because, you know, factual dependency and legal dependency exist and they have to consider those things in in terms of section 37C when making a determination and who benefits from your pension fund or retirement fund. So it's very important that you consider these. So now you're saying, well, Nicole, then how do we provide for the necessary liquidity, etc., and solvency? Look, I mean, one of the options is a life policy. So, you, you know, you say, well, I, I have this amount of debt, so let me just take cover on this debt. And, you know, the life policy will pay out and cover this debt. And, you know, it will, it will, it will put my state above, above the solvency line. It will provide the required cash to settle any debts and liabilities. That's one way to go about it. Right? But obviously your life policy will mean you paying monthly, a monthly premium to your insurer for that life policy. And there's certain, you know, you can do a needs-based life policy. And I think it's very important that people look into needs-based life policies because obviously, you know, the idea is the amount of debt you have as you continue to pay it off will decrease. So therefore, the cover that you need will, should decrease and therefore your premiums should then decrease. But obviously, this means you have to actively review your policies and your assets and your estate annually at the very least. Right? So you could use a, a life policy as a means of providing enough liquidity or some liquidity in other in other instances well it's all solvency you know in the liquidity there's in liquidity provision there's more flexibility because you already have the assets if that's your only issue you already have the assets right so you might say well okay fine instead of bequeathing five properties you know there's that one property so the, um, you know that property could be sold disposed of to provide the necessary cash to ensure that everything is paid for and there's enough cash available you know so those kind of things, you know, those are the kind of ways that you, you can actually provide for, for liquidity, provide for solvency. You know, you, you, you look at how much cash you're reducing your debt is important as well. If I might just add, you know, there's also putting your structuring your affairs in a smart way is also one way to ensure that you, you have enough liquidity. You know, if you had, if you had your properties owned in a, 
holding company, your property holding company, right? When you died, each property would not need to be transferred to the heir, right? All we would do is transfer the shares. So this is something to consider. So you can look at life policies, liquidating certain assets, or just structuring your affairs in a in a, in a manner that um, is, is 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 cost effective. You know, negotiating your executor's fee beforehand, all those kind of things help make sure that your your liabilities are less, you know, or reduced, and therefore your your cash need your 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 cash need is less. And also means you 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 have less liabilities, so your solvency increases a little. You know, you create some headroom. Um, so yeah, I mean, this very first episode, I just wanted to discuss two concepts to keep in mind: solvency, liquidity, making sure your assets exceed your liabilities, and making sure you have enough cash. And where you don't have enough cash, that there is means for cash that can be made because they affect how you can distribute your estate, and they also affect your beneficiaries and making sure that and, and, and ensuring that you're providing for them. Otherwise, thank you so much. It's been great. Very first episode of 2024 done. Thank you so much. Cheers.